Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details on the November USDA WASDE report. Also, we'll talk about yesterday's announcement by Protein Industries Canada. And up first in today's country comment, we'll get a cattle market update from Brian Peria with Canfax. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Brian Peria with Canfax with a cattle market update. Not a ton going on in terms of price action right now. Kind of through part the heart of the fall run, I would say. Uh, basically, we'd say prices are, are kind of stabilizing here. We've seen some pressure on fed cattle a little bit, feeder calves, you know, obviously seasonally weakening and, and hopefully getting to their lows. And then and, and cull cows certainly seen a lot of pressure. Um, still seem to be a little bit under some pressure, but hopefully them as well getting close to their lows uh, overall. So may more of a stable stabilizing market, but, but at lower prices, obviously, compared to where we were a couple months ago. What kind of numbers did, are we seeing during the fall run here? Yeah, pretty pretty good uh, fall runs. You know, certainly uh, across the prairies, uh, you know, certainly saw higher volumes early and uh, year to date. Well, you know, for example, in Alberta, I think we were close to 30% above uh, of, above year ago, but a uh, part, big part of that, or a good chunk of that was also from earlier in the year too with the year-over-year comparisons. But uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of cattle have come to town. Lots of heifers have come to town, so... Uh, um, you know, we were, were well above uh, last year. And how's the, uh, the feed situation, you know, with, with some of these later rains here? Um, how are things shaping up for the winter? Yeah, it's kind of mixed. Uh, you know, uh, different areas certainly uh, got some fall grazing. Uh, if you could get some aftermath grazing, a lot of regrowth in some crops. Uh, I know around Saskatchewan, part of Alberta, where cows are still out grazing. So uh, that's really eased up on the, on the feed situation for cow-calf guys. If, if you're in that kind of a, a spot. But, um, you know, the grain prices continue to escalate, uh, you know, feed barley into Lethbridge back to close to its annual highs, well over $9 a bushel again. Uh, and some of this corn getting coming north is starting to flow into, into the prairies, but uh, it's gone up a, a few dollars a ton. You know, we're seeing more in that uh, 360 maybe up to 380 a ton for uh, corn versus, you know, barley's at 425 Um but it's crept up ten, twenty dollars a ton uh, for for both feed grains as of late. That was Brian Peria with Canfax giving us a cattle market update. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Yesterday, Protein Industries Canada announced a co-investment into a project that will develop and distribute plant-based non-soy alternatives to pork and wagyu beef. Partners in the project include Wamame Foods, Merit Functional Foods. Wismetic Asian Foods and Wine Crush Technology. Jeff Casper is Director of Research and Applications at Merit Functional Foods. This investment will help introduce Merit's pea and canola proteins and new food innovations on a global scale and in global markets. At Merit Functional Foods, we've commercialized the highest quality pea and canola ingredients that offer 90% purity and are highly functional. Our new production facility in Winnipeg uses a proprietary protein extraction technology to produce uh, both pea and the world's first food-grade non-GMO canola protein isolate. And this really represents the next development of value-added products from, from these commodities, making this so important to Canadian industry and agriculture. 
A total of $7.6 million is being invested into the project, with Protein Industries Canada investing $3.8 million. And Canada's agriculture ministers are meeting in Guelph, Ontario this week. Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell expects a variety of topics to be discussed. Very recently, lots of conversation about uh, climate change and uh, agriculture and how that will fit in the equation. I believe it is uh, one of the priority agendas for this current government. And so how will agriculture fit in with that component? And, you know, we've been ongoing discussions with regards to business risk management and what the new suite of programs will look like. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Ag Wire for Tuesday, November 9th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll chat about yesterday's announcement by Protein Industries Canada. Yesterday, Protein Industries Canada announced a co-investment into a project that will develop and distribute plant-based non-soy alternatives to pork and wagyu beef. A total of $7.6 million is being invested into the project with Protein Industries Canada investing half of that amount. Partners in the project include Wamame Foods, Merit Functional Foods, Wismetic Asian Foods, and Wine Crush Technology. Bill Gruel is CEO with Protein Industries Canada. Over the past three years, I've, I've had the opportunity to meet with many startups and SMEs, large multinationals, and they're all driving the sector forward. Their commitment to innovation and belief in Canada's plant-based food and ingredient industry is the reason why we're here today. Today's announcement is an exciting example of the momentum Canada's plant-based food sector has. And it's with it's a great example of what is possible when companies come together and bring different strengths and come together and innovate. A cornerstone of Protein Industry Canada's collab- is collaboration. And today we celebrate partners from across Western Canada and from across the ocean. I know most everyone in this room and online is aware of the opportunity that plant-based foods and ingredients has for Canada. And that's why many describe it as a once in a generation economic opportunity. An opportunity to energize Canada's economy and contribute to a healthier and more sustainable Canada. We believe that by 2035, it can be a $25 billion sector for the country. And that we can supply ingredients for 10% of the world's plant-based foods. That would mean $25 billion in sales annually, in addition to more jobs, more healthy and sustainable food options, and a stronger food supply chain for all Canadians. Co-investments into projects like this are helping us get there. And Canada's SMEs are leading innovation, creating new ingredients and food products, and doing all of this while strengthening our own footprint and Canada's overall economy. And this $7.6 million project is proof of that. Together, Wanamay Foods, Merit Functional Foods, Wisematic, Asian Foods, and Wine Crush Technologies are developing new plant-based meat alternatives. And this includes a plant-based beef alternative that will match the quality and taste and texture of Wagyu beef. The partners will utilize Canadian-grown crops in the development of their new products, including peas and canola, highlighting the potential of these commodities. And the fact that the final product will not only be sold across Canada, but also throughout Asia and Europe helps solidify Canada's position as a global leader in plant-based foods and ingredients. 
I look forward to tasting these new plant-based meat alternatives, and I thank each of the project partners for their work towards developing them. I would also like to thank the staff at Protein Industries Canada for help bringing this project to where we are today. A lot of staff hours and hands go into bringing a project from an EOI stage and a concept to the launch, and plenty more will go into helping this project reach its milestones. So thank you to everyone who's played a role so far and will play a role in the work ahead. Finally, I'd like to thank Minister Champagne, the Minister of Innovation, Science and Industry, Minister Bebo of Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, and all of the Government of Canada for their support of Protein Industries Canada and for their support of our partners. That support will go a long way in helping ensure Canada's plant-based food and ingredient sector reaches its full potential and that we continue to supply the world with increasingly diverse, healthy, and sustainable food options. That was Bill Gruel, CEO with Protein Industries Canada. We also heard from Jeff Casper, Director of Research and Applications at Merit Functional Foods. This project is very exciting for Merit. This investment will help introduce Merit's pea and canola proteins and new food innovations on a global scale and in global markets. At Merit Functional Foods, we've commercialized the highest quality pea and canola ingredients that offer 90% purity and are highly functional. They're really differentiated materials, so we're really excited about Blair's vision and what he wants to do with them. Our new production facility in Winnipeg uses a proprietary protein extraction technology to produce uh, both pea and the world's first food-grade non-GMO canola protein isolate. And this really represents the next development of value-added products from, from these commodities, making this so important to Canadian industry and agriculture. PIC support will also allow us to work closely with these consortium partners to rapidly expand the creation of pea and canola in high-value food applications such as pork and beef alternatives. And we've already begun to see some of the, the value with these ingredients through some testing that we've already conducted, and we're looking forward to extending that. This will not only help bring products to market in Canada, but emerging markets as well, making Canadian-grown pea and canola protein accessible to consumers all around the world. That was Jeff Casper, Director of Research and Applications at Merit Functional Foods. Yesterday, Protein Industries Canada announced a co-investment into a project that will develop and distribute plant-based non-soy alternatives to pork and Wagyu beef. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Beef Producers Fall District Meetings wrap up today at 7 p.m. That'll be a virtual meeting for odd-numbered districts. Canada's Outdoor Farm Show is hosting an online event tomorrow entitled What a Year, a Celebration of Ag Innovation. Go to OutdoorFarmShow.com. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association Regenerative Agriculture Conference is scheduled for November 15th to the 17th at Brandon's Victoria Inn. The Canadian Hemp Trade Alliance is planning its annual conference for November 17th and 18th. This is taking place online. Details at hemptrade.ca. The Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference is planned to be held virtually November 22nd and 23rd. 
And the Association of Manitoba Municipalities is holding its fall convention November 22nd to the 24th. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, the USDA released its November WASD report this morning. Neil Townsend is with FarmLink Marketing Solutions. I think the big number that the market's going to be talking about is the fact that they lowered uh, soybean uh, yield. Um, and that was you know relatively unexpected. People were kind of thinking that the yield would actually be uh, ticked up a bit. And uh, and again, as I say, I think like that's the most important number that came out of the the WASD. So they took it from uh, you know fifty one point five down to fifty one point two. That doesn't sound like much, but the expectation was that uh, the yield was going to go up. And uh, what about uh, wheat and uh, corn? Wheat, they made uh, very negligible changes, if any. They didn't change the production. Uh, ending stocks went up. Uh, you know, the U.S. ending stocks went up very slightly, and. Uh, world ending stocks, you know, barely changed. So, I mean, there wasn't really much to look at in, in the wheat uh, department. And uh, corn? Uh, corn, they did take up the stocks, but but it was within uh, it was in line with expectations that the trade had. So, they raised the yield uh, half um, half a bushel to 177 bushels per acre, and the the average trade guess was 176.9, so very negligible. So there weren't there weren't many changes on the corn front. Certainly, uh, globally, uh, corn stocks were increased a little bit, um, and uh, you know, but again, nothing that sort of uh, we're talking with you know, barely one percent basically. So the November WASD is typically not a lot of change unless there's a real like definitive sort of uh, storyline based on U.S. Uh, production for corn and soybeans, like a big yield. But we're going to get a final iteration in the December crop production report, and that's where we're going to you know fine tune what the final um, yield for corn and soybeans were in the U.S. Any um, reaction on the markets? Yeah, I mean uh, we've seen uh, you know obviously oil seeds sort of you know, uh, go up a little bit. We've got a, you know, 2% move right now in soybeans and, uh, you know, uh, about a 1% move in the in the nearby January 2022 canola futures. So I think this is supportive for, um, you know, the, the oil seeds, which were sort of lagging a bit, uh, mostly because, you know, people were expecting larger production in the U.S. and a slower export program. But sort of simultaneously with this report, like we had the uh, U.S. export inspections number uh, yesterday, and that for a second straight week, that sort of exceeded uh, the trade estimates, like the high end of the trade estimates. So, you know, that's seen as supportive. We'll have, um, you know, some U.S. export sales coming out, uh, and that could be supportive. And, and again, I think with the very high energy prices we see, there is some optimism that, you know, veg oil is going to work back in and maybe increase its market share for biofuel and biodiesel and those kinds of things. So right now I think we're sort of set on what the supply from the northern hemisphere is going to be. And, you know, over the next couple months we're going to be really watching that demand signals. And then when we get into the new year, we're going to start to watch with, uh, you know, uh, eagle eyes what's happening in south america with their crops because they're they're just sort of planting it right now and you know there's the prospect of perhaps another la nina and these kinds of things and the expectation is that you know south america is going to have this you know a a record uh, soybean production that could be a little bit burdensome but you know as we say i mean the crop is is not made yet that was Neil Townsend with FarmLink Marketing Solutions recapping this morning's USDA November WASDE report. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. 
Time now for another look at today's farm news. Alberta MP John Barlow has been appointed Shadow Minister for Agriculture, Agri-Food and Food Security. Leader Aaron O'Toole announced the Conservative Shadow Cabinet for the 44th Parliament earlier today. Barlow previously served as a critic under the leadership of Andrew Scheer. The USDA released its November WASDE report this morning. Neil Townsend is with FarmLink Marketing Solutions. I think the big number that the market's going to be talking about is the fact that they lowered uh, soybean uh, yield. And that was, you know, relatively unexpected. People were kind of thinking that the yield would actually be uh, kicked up a bit. So they took it from uh, 51.5 down to 51.2. That doesn't sound like much, but the expectation was that uh, the yield was going to go up. The next agricultural policy framework will be discussed this week as Canada's agriculture ministers gather for a meeting in Guelph, Ontario. Bill Campbell is president of Keystone Agricultural Producers. We've had uh, numerous discussions provincially and federally through CFA with regards to what this uh, new program uh, should entail. And so, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this meeting as to what uh, the provinces and the federal government's vision is for the the new business risk management. And the province has announced a variance on nutrient application due to the expectation of snow cover, frozen soils, and below freezing temperatures. The last day to apply nutrients is November 12th. Nutrients cannot be applied on or after November 13th. Farmers are obliged to assess current weather conditions and periodically check weather forecasts when applying nutrients after today. Nutrients should not be applied in instances where the weather outlook is unfavorable, such as if snow or an appreciable amount of rainfall is expected that would result result in runoff. All other requirements of the nutrient management regulation and the livestock manure and mortalities management regulation remain in effect. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll hear from Dairy Farmers of Manitoba Chair David Weeds. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.